Tonight we have with us a brother, a friend, a man of God, an apostle to India. And he's from India, but he's an apostle to India. I always say this is the closest I've ever been to the Apostle Paul because he has literally planted thousands of churches, orphanages, schools, sewing schools to help destitute women. He has done so many incredible things. The Lord has, has uh, blessed him in so, such an incredible way. And I'm just honored to have him here tonight. Please join me in welcome Brother Abraham. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. I still remember, maybe over 20 years ago, that I was sitting here, maybe the second or third row. Uh, I was given an opportunity to speak in one of, these, one of those Wednesday meetings. And I've never been to a big church in those days. So I was so amazed to see this auditorium, so huge and... Uh, so I was a bit nervous, wondering, you know, how I'm going to do, and uh, so, but I had a good time. Pastor Duane was not here, and uh, some of his people were here. So they have, they must have given a good report about me to the pastor when he came back, because uh, I got a letter from Pastor Duane saying, that uh, we enjoyed. I got some good reports about uh, your ministry and we would like to add you onto our uh, missionaries list. So that was about 25 years ago. I used to be young in those days. But here I am. They are stuck with me and uh, I'm still a missionary and I'm supported by this church in the nation of India. I just had only a few, few hundred churches at that time. And um, I had no idea where we are going to grow, what we are going to do. Uh, but God has been so gracious. And um, so the ministry continued to grow. And as you heard that um, we have grown past 4,500 churches right across the nation of India. Amen. We look after uh, hundreds of orphans. I got 17 orphanages looking after orphan children. And we have more than 70 sewing schools where literally 1,000 women will learn to sew every day in all those sewing schools put together. We got 14 Bible colleges teaching hundreds of young men to go into the ministry. And we got schools and so on. And uh, the thing is that the challenge is to reach the nation of India, a nation that is lost, a nation that has got no Christianity, you know, a country with millions of people who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ even once. So that is a challenge we have. One of the largest nations, maybe the second largest nation in the world, with 1.25 billion people. 
I remember when I started in 1974, we had only 620 million people at that time. We had grown, we had doubled uh, in the last 44 years of my ministry. And a very hostile situation. We got a government which has been re-elected just about four weeks ago uh, with a prime minister who is very hostile, very anti-Christian, his government and... Uh, the militant groups against Christianity. So that is the challenge that we have. And in spite of all that, God has been gracious uh, to keep us and continue the work we are doing. So, so many persecutions, so many killings, so many burning down churches. And it happens all the time. For the first time ever, I lost one of my pastors last year. You know, they kidnapped him, they took him into the jungle. They demanded that he should deny Christ. And they can go home. And, but he wouldn't, so the guy took his gun and he shot him point blank three times and my pastor died on the spot, became a martyr for Jesus Christ. I rushed to the place. I went and met with his wife and his kids. I told her, I want to take you away from here to somewhere else you can start a new life. But uh, she rejected. She said, no, I want to stay here while me and my husband started the ministry. He has gone to be with the Lord, but I want to continue the ministry. So she's still there working for the Lord and uh, taking care of the church. And, of course, we support her and we take care of her and we protect her as much as we can so that she, her life will be a blessing to the people. So people make the greatest challenge, the greatest uh, sacrifice for the work of God in India. You know, they say nowadays that India has become on the top of the list of the worst um, persecuting country in the world. We're on the, almost on the top of the list. And maybe they're happy with that. You know, they are coming up with all the plans and they are saying that by the year 2021, they would like to wipe out Christianity from the nation of India. But we all know what is going to happen. You know, nobody touches Christianity. Nobody plays with us because Jesus Christ is on our side. Amen? And we win all the time because God is on our side. The other day I was uh, going through... As a little church, you know, they have got some kind of a write-up, you see, in front of the churches, you know, everywhere. So I looked at that, and I was so thrilled about it, because it said that no matter who your prime minister is, because uh, we have a prime minister like your president, so prime minister is the guy. So it said, whosoever your prime minister is, always remember that Jesus Christ is the king. And I like that. Amen? So I thought, well, that's wonderful. And we'll continue on with that. We'll be happy to reach out. Amen? And all the ministries that we do is all focused on reaching the lost for Jesus Christ. That's a plan. Whether it is a school, you know, I've got seven schools, more than 3,000 children. We don't have any Christian child in my school. Not that we won't take them. There was nobody there. So... Uh, we are using that school to reach out to the laws, all Hindu children, and they have to come and 
and we tell the parent that this runs on Bible principle. We don't have any idols in this school. We won't pray to idols. We'll pray to Jesus. If you don't want, don't send your kids. But they like to send their children to a mission school because they say that the mission schools are the best. And uh, so they come and, and we teach them Christian songs and it is mandatory for all my children to learn the Lord's Prayer by heart because our assembly in the morning will finish with the Lord's Prayer and they are taught to pray before they eat. So they are almost become half a Christian by the time they get into my school. And by the time they go into to their, uh, to their homes, they're taught so much, they, they don't eat without praying. So when they get home and when they're going to have the dinner with their parents who are Hindus, and they'll tell them where to pray. So the only prayer that they know is, Lord Jesus, thank you for the food. And bless the people who don't have anything to eat. So that is what the prayer they've been taught. So they'll pray that prayer. And of course, the, the parents are so used to it, now nobody will eat in the house without prayer. And the prayer is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And villages have opened up and people have invited us to go and help uh, reaching uh, the people in those areas. Amen. And we are expecting God to move in a wonderful way in the middle of all these challenges. I believe that Jesus Christ is in control of our country and we will continue the work that God has given to us and we'll see God's hand move in an amazing way. Amen. And we are looking for so many needs that need to be met in our country. You know, my pastors, we tried to buy them a bicycle so that they can, you know, move around. Otherwise, they have been walking about 15, 20 miles every day. So we tried to buy them a bicycle. There were 360 pastors are praying for a bicycle. And there are so many other needs we have. And I got some brochures here. Uh, Sister Mary Bramer is here. She's got some brochures. If you want to have know more about the ministry, feel free to take one with you and God will bless you real good. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to share a little thought with you. I got a few minutes. So let me preach a little bit from God's word. Is that okay with you? All right. It's about three people. All the rest of you can go home. We put in the Facebook that I will be here tonight. I told him not to do that because if the people know that I'm coming, nobody will come. But I don't know, they did it anyway. So here you are, the faithful ones are here. So that's the greatest thing. I want to share with you tonight a message that I will call that faith works in our life. Because I believe that we have been called as man, a woman of faith. Our life should revolve around faith and we should live by faith. So based on that, I would like to share with you a message. So let me read a verse so that it will sound like a preaching. Because if you don't read a verse in the Bible, it won't sound. You know, what kind of a preacher is he? So let me read that so that everybody will be happy. Okay? So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, we read like this. It says... But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
So I would like to start from there. So the Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. So the, the way that we read it almost makes us to wonder. It is almost like God is demanding something from us which is almost impossible to give. You know, how am I going to have this faith? And God is saying that he, he will not be pleased with me if I uh, don't have this faith in my life. But we got to understand that faith is a, the most common thing that every one of us have in our life. We live by faith. Everything in our life revolves around faith. So God is expecting you and me to use that faith towards him. That's what he wants. The faith that is used in all the little things in this world, in our life, God says, why don't you use that same faith and start believing me, start trusting in me so that God's name can be glorified. Amen? So that's God's plan for us. And But the very interesting thing is, like, is very, we find it difficult to release faith in our life. The, one of the problems we have is that we are, we are living more than faith. We are living with fear and anxiety in our life. Fear and anxiety is something that is always with us. People live by fear. People are anxious about everything. And fear and anxiety will kill our faith. And I believe that we have to turn it around and start to put down the fear and anxiety so that faith can be alive. And we can be truly men and women of faith. God has called us to be believers. Living by faith. Walking by faith. Glorifying God by faith. And that is the life that God wants us to live in our life. Amen? And there are three directions of faith that I see in the Bible. And the first thing that I will say will be our faith in God. So faith in God. That's the first thing. And if I will ask every one of you here tonight, if I will ask you that how many of you believe that God is able to take care of all your needs. Would you please raise your hands? I don't think that anybody will say no to that. We all believe that God is able to provide, to take care of all our needs in our lives. Then what is our problem? Our problem is not believing in his ability, but our problem is to believe in his will. That is our problem. We find it so difficult to believe that God is willing to help us. When Jesus Christ was in this world in his three and a half years of ministry, the biggest problem that he had was the same. You know, people of every kind of sickness and disease, they all came to him. And every time, when somebody came, whether it was a blind Bartimaeus or whether it was a man who was sitting by the pool of Bethesda for 38 long years, whether it was that, that 10 uh, lepers who came, doesn't matter who that is. Every one of them will come and ask him to heal him. And this is what they said, Lord, if you're willing, please open my eyes. Lord, if you're willing, you can cleanse me. So Jesus has to take a step forward and tell them and remind them that he is more than willing to do it. 
Amen. So I want to say tonight that God is not only able, that God is more than willing to meet the needs of our life. He always says, I'm willing. I'm willing. Receive your sight. I'm willing. Rise up and take up your bed and go home. I'm willing. You be cleansed. And everything that God was saying to us was his willingness, not only his ability, that his willingness to meet our needs. Amen? You know, in the Bible, there are about 65 references that are made saying, but God. But God is a factor. So no matter what we say about ourselves, most of the time it is negative. Most of the time we say, I can't do it, and I have to live with it. It is impossible for me. These are the kind of things that you and I will say in our life. But in the middle of all that, here comes this phrase which says, but God. God comes into our life. God is trying to tell us that you and I are never alone in our life, but God is involved in our life. Amen? So I want to encourage everyone to say, never ever forget the God factor in your life. Amen? Many times we tend to behave in such a way that we are fighting our own battle. You know, like Elijah was saying, Lord, I am the only one. I'm all alone. Nobody's there. Jezebel is about to kill me. But there's a God who is there. A God who can send his angel. A God who can feed him. Give him the strength to walk for 40 years and, and 40 nights to get to the cave. There's a God factor in our lives, friends. Never, ever forget that we are alone anytime, but God is always with us. Amen? And the second thing is like, we should believe in ourselves. Not only believe in God, we should believe in our life. Do you believe in yourself? Many times it is so hard for us to believe in ourselves. We are so good at putting down ourselves. We are so good at saying that we can do nothing. We can amount to nothing. But God is telling us tonight, you start to learn to believe in your life. Believe in yourself. Look at the mirror in the morning and say, you are a child of God. You are going to face the day. And God is going to be with me. And God will help me. And God will strengthen me. Just start believing in our life. Amen? It's time for us. We are God's children. God is always there with us. We are never fighting our battles. The, the psalmist said, be still and know that he is our Lord. Amen? And that God is with us. Start speaking good things about you. Start believing good things about your life. Believe that you can do something better than what you have done in your life. That's what God wants from you and me. Amen? The third direction is you should start believing in others. We are living in a world that nobody believes anybody. A couple of people standing at that corner and talking at there, by mistake, point their fingers towards you and talking. You think that they're talking against you. You think that they are, they are your enemies. You know, people, the world cannot trust anybody anymore. But I believe we, as we got children, that we should learn to believe in others. Amen? Everybody is not your enemy, not your enemy. Everybody is not against you. You know, we can believe them because God is on our side and we can be a blessing to the people in this world. Amen? 
And I want to share with you quickly, I got a few more minutes. Uh, I want to share with you quickly seven steps of how we can walk by faith. All right? I'll run it quickly with you. Number one, you know, living by faith is not a boring thing. It is not like, well, I'm stuck with this. You know, God is demanding this. And I have, no. I think living by faith is an amazing experience. So the first step that you should have is that you should have a passion to live by faith. It should be passionate. You should tell yourself, I am a man of faith. I'm connected with God. I believe in that God. I believe in the word that, that, that God has spoken. And everything that he has said will come to pass in my life. So we should have a, a real passion for this living by faith in our life. Amen. And number two, we should have a direction for our faith. Where are we going? Are we going the way that God wants us to do? The Bible says that uh, commit your ways unto the Lord and he will direct your path. So God wants you and me to commit our ways unto him. And God is asking you and me tonight, God has got a place for us. God wants to take you from point A to point B. And that is the fulfillment of God's plan for your life. And he's telling us, you commit your ways and start walking so that I can direct your path and get you to that place. But our problem is we won't walk. We'll just stand in the same place and say, Lord, if you want, you carry me. No, he's not going to do that. He's telling us, take your step. Start moving. And as you move, I will show you which way to go. And you'll tell us, keep walking forward. Well, turn left, turn right, keep going. And that is how we will get to the place where God wants you and me to be. Amen? And number three, now ask it. Asking is an important part of our faith. You should ask. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. Knock, it shall be opened to you. Seek and you'll find. So asking is a very important thing. And you should, how long I should ask? I should keep on asking until I have a breakthrough in my life. Amen? You don't stop. I asked it three times. I asked two days. That's enough. Well, it's not enough. Because you will have a breakthrough. God will give it to you because you have been asking. Uh, look at the woman with an unjust judge, the story of this woman going after justice. But the judge was unjust. He was taking bribes and he was perverting justice. But this woman was not going to give up. There she was after him day in and day out. There she was early morning. There she is with a stone in her hands, throwing at the glass window of his bedroom. And he comes and looks down and who is standing there? The woman is standing there. And she's saying, justice, please. And he goes to the courtroom. There she is standing at the door. He gets into the car. She's standing in front of the car. Why? She is persistent and she's asking what she wanted. And she has decided and she's determined that she will not let go until she has it. And we read like this. And the man got so fed up of her. And he did justice for her. That was an unjust judge. And our God is not an unjust judge. And he's asking you and me to ask him. 
and he will give it to us. Amen? Hallelujah. And number four, after you ask it, you should receive it by faith. In Mark chapter 11, verse 23, says, whenever you are asking God by faith anything, then you should believe that you have received it. And then it said, then you will have it. So the hardest thing is not getting it literally. The hardest thing is to receive that in your spirit. When you receive something in your spirit, that's all. and then the rest of the thing is so easy. It's just, just a matter of time. So God is asking you and me that you should believe whatever you are asking. If you're sick in your body, then you should ask the Lord to heal you. But your body is saying you're still sick. doesn't matter. But you receive inside your spirit that you have been healed. And healing will come upon your way because that is a promise of God for every one of us. Amen? It's a promise for everyone, everything that you're asking, your financial situation, your troubles, your family, whatever it is, believe that you have received it in your spirit. Amen? And uh, number five, you should see it. Not only just asking and receiving, you should see that. You know, faith is not a fantasy. That you can see that so well. It is just there. It's so real to us. Amen? In, in Isaiah, he says, I want to lift up your eyes and see. You know, the fear always makes you to see the worst. But I want you to know that faith always makes you to see the best. Amen? So you have to make a choice. What do you want to see? How do you want to see it? You remember, you know, lifting up our eyes and seeing. There was a time that the people of Israel, they committed sin against God as usual, right through their journey. And this time God punished them with fiery serpents, poisonous snakes, bit them and killed them. Thousands of people were dead. And they were calling out to Moses and Moses cried out to God. And God said to Moses, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to make a brazen serpent and I wanted to hang it on the pole. And you tell the people, whosoever will take their eyes off those fiery snakes. And if they will look up to the brazen serpent, they shall be healed. Amen? The people are saying like, no, 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 that's not a good deal. Why don't you put the brazen serpent in the middle of these fiery serpents? Because we are looking down anyway. We are trying to beat these snakes to kill them. But God says, no, that's not the way it works. The time is that you should take your eyes off your problems off your troubles, and if you will take your eyes off and look at the answer that comes from God. Amen? Brazen Serpent talks about Jesus Christ hanging on the cross and every answer that we need in our life that comes from Jesus Christ. Amen? And number six, you should say it. Amen? Speak out. Speaking out with the tongue is a very important thing in our faith walk. Speak out. How does this salvation take place? It says that you should believe in your heart that God sent Jesus Christ his son and then you should confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. So believing in your heart and speaking out with your mouth, salvation takes place. So speaking is a very important aspect of our faith life. You know, we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, like I have believed, therefore I have spoken. You will not speak if you don't believe in your life. Amen? God wants you and me 
to start speaking with our mouths, speak good things, speak positive things. Well, let me ask you a question. What is the purpose of language? Why do we have language? What is the purpose of it? Does it sound like a question? Well, I want an answer from you. And I have got only a few, a couple of minutes. Come on, say quickly. What is the purpose of having language? Thank you. Well, I thought that you will not talk to me. I thought that you were upset with me. So language, the purpose of language is communication. Am I right? That's true. But what is the first and most important reason of language? I believe more than the communication, the real plan, the important phase of language is not communication, it is creation. When God spoke, there was nobody to listen to. Whom did he talk to? God used his words and he started speaking. He spoke and every word that came out of his mouth was creating things. God would say, let there be light. And here light comes down with a speed of 186,000 miles per second and comes and stands before him and says, did you call me? Amen. His words were creating things. And I believe that our words can create things. And I used to tell my people, don't say bad words. Don't say negative things because it'll create a negative situation. It'll create a negative atmosphere. If you keep on talking about your sickness and you will be stuck with your sickness, start speaking about healing. Start speaking about deliverance. Start speaking about good things. Because as we speak, God will use your tongue to create things for you in your life. Amen? Amen. Number seven, and you act it. You know, in James he says, without faith, you know, like faith without action is dead. You know, our faith should be always put to action. And that is where God wants us to be. God wants you to act on your faith. It's not just like sitting there and saying, I have about faith, I have faith, I have faith. No, act on it. You know, act according to the faith that you have got. And God will use you for, for his glory. Amen? I'm going overboard. I'm going to, I've got a couple more things to say anyway. So listen to me. They may not have me again next time. I'll talk to Joshua and, and convince him and I'll be nice to him. So he might have me again. Any, So let me say, make a statement. I believe that God will answer every prayer that we pray to him. Let me say that again. God will answer every prayer that we pray. He will give us an answer. Amen. You're not really sure about that, right? Because I've been praying for a long time, three times, three years, five years, nothing is happening. Pastor Abraham, be a bit careful making statements like this. No, let me say it again. God will answer every prayer that we pray unto him. Amen. But the reason is this, that God will answer your prayers in five different ways. That's the only problem. And I'm going to run it quickly, okay? They said they're going to take me an offering for the ministry in India. By the time I say that, you might, you might not like me, so I might lose my offering, but let me say it anyway, okay? Number one, 
God will answer your prayers immediately. That's number one. He will answer your prayer immediately. That's what we like, right? We'll say, Lord, let's wipe out all the other four ways. We'll stick to this one because we like it that way, right? He'll answer immediately like, like blind Bartimaeus comes. Open your mind, eyes, he's healed. You know, the guy at the pool, rise up and take up your bed and walk. There he is. Healing takes place immediately, right? He answers. And the second one is God will answer your prayer shortly. Doesn't happen immediately, but it'll happen shortly. That's not that bad. It is like, um, like the 10 lepers came and, and Jesus said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And as the Bible says, as they were going along, they were healed. So there was a time period. But it was shortly, it was not a long time. They, the guy came running back and said, I'm healed. It is about the guy with a, with a blindness and God, Jesus put some mud on him and he washed it and he, he was seeing men like trees. And God said, let's just do it again. And next time he was able to see everything clearly. So that's number two, God will answer shortly. And number three, as we get to the numbers, it's going to get harder, okay? Just preparing you for that. And number three, God will take a long time. Well, most of us are in that number three deal, right? We have been asking and praying to the Lord and the answer is not coming. And we have been waiting and waiting, you know, for a healing, for a job, for money, whatever it is. We have been waiting and waiting for a long time. And that's the third way of God answering our prayers. Why? Why is it not happening immediately? If you look back, the immediate answer for prayers normally takes place to people who just got saved. Can you look back those days when you got saved and you come into the church and you are asking for a car about the Sunday morning and Monday morning the car is there? You you're asking for a job, and there it is, two jobs waiting for you. That is when you got saved. And now, you have been a Christian for 15, 20 years, and you have been waiting for five years for the prayer to be answered. It's not happening. Why? Maybe God looks at you and me a little bit more mature than the people who are just saved. God doesn't want them to backslide. But God knows you will hang in there for some more time. Amen? You're not very happy about that, but that's the truth. So God will take a long time to answer a prayer. That's number three. And number four, God will answer in a different way. We don't like that either. We have been asking for something here. We're saying, Lord, I want this, I want this, I want this. And God suddenly does something over there. And we say, no, 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 Lord, that's not what I was I was asking this. And God said, that's not good for you. I'm going to give you this. Amen. So it's not what we're asking. God gives us something better than what we're asking but because God knows the best for you and me. Amen? So God does answer in a different way. Number four or five, and I'm done. And that is, God will say no. That's not an answer, is it? You've been asking and, and waiting on the Lord and you've been asking for this thing 
And finally, he turns around and he says, no. Is that an answer? Yes, it is. A typical example is, is Apostle Paul. And Paul, I don't know what kind of things that he had, but it says there was a thorn in the flesh. Well, even if nothing else, a thorn in the flesh is pretty irritating, put it that way. And he's asking the Lord, take it away from me, Lord, please. I'm just getting a bit sick and tired of it. Take it away from me. And God said, no. Can you imagine that? A guy who, who left everything and he came across and now he, God is saying no to a little simple request from this guy. God says, no, I wanted to keep it. But God goes one step further and he says, but my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. Whenever God says no, don't worry. His grace flows into that situation. And it becomes more than enough for every one of our lives. Amen. God is calling you and me to live a life of faith. And God will fulfill his plan and purpose in every one of our lives. Amen. Do you believe that? Stand with me. Let's have a word of prayer. Whatever you have been asking the Lord today, God will answer your prayers. So never give up. Never think that just because it's getting late is not going to happen. God is going to do that for you and me. God will do an amazing work in our life. Amen? Remember the steps. Have a passion for it. You know, have a direction of your faith. And you ask it. You receive it. You see it. You say it. And you act on it. And God will bless you. Amen? Shall we pray to you? Lift up your hands towards heaven. Let us pray to the Lord and ask him to touch our lives tonight. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord. Father God, we have been called to be a man, a woman of faith. Lord, to bring glory and honor to your name, Lord. That's why we have been called. And I pray tonight that the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon each and every one of our lives, Lord. And truly, that he make us a man, a woman of faith, to bring glory and honor to your name. Father God, help us to see the result, the fruit of our, of our living by faith. Help us to see the miraculous thing happening in our life, Lord. I pray even tonight as the people are praying, Lord, I pray that you will meet the needs of people who are here. Meet their needs, Lord. Do a miracle working power in their lives. And I thank you for it. You're such a good God. I bless everyone here tonight, Lord. We give you the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.